The Secrets of Movies and TV Shows is brought to you by the StarQuest Production Network and is made possible by our many generous patrons. If you'd like to support the podcast, please visit sqpn.com slash give. You're listening to The Secrets of Movies and TV Shows. Hi, I'm Dom Bettinelli, and you're listening to the Secrets of Christmas TV Specials, where we will discuss, I don't know, we're not going to discuss the hidden layers and deeper meanings of Christmas TV specials, but we're going to talk about our favorites, uh, Christmas TV specials, and what makes a Christmas TV special. So joining me today on the panel for these important questions are Joanne Mercier. Hi, Joanne. Merry Christmas, Dom. Merry Christmas. And Mike Denz. Hi, Mike. Police Navidad. <laughs> I will uh, lease that Navidad. And <laughs> Thomas Salerno. Hi, Thomas. Hi, Dom. Have a holly jolly Christmas. <laughs> I will have a holly jolly Christmas. Thomas, welcome to the uh, StarQuest Network. This is your first podcast with us, and uh, I just wanted to welcome you to the show and uh, and to the to the network. You folks, you're going to hear Thomas on uh, a lot of episodes going forward, I hope. So the, this is a, a nice way to begin. Uh, just to mention, as we start off, I have my uh, mug of Christmas cheer. I have some eggnog. There may or may not be something else in it besides eggs and nog. And uh, <laughs> uh, so uh, well, this is going to be, we're going to have some fun here. This is a fun uh, episode. We A few years ago, we did an episode. Uh, it was a different group of us, but uh, we did an episode on Christmas movies. And, you know, the usual suspects, Holiday Inn, uh, It's a Wonderful Life. Uh, I keep saying those two, but there's like the, you know, all the usual ones you think of. Uh, this time we're going to talk about Christmas TV specials. Now, what makes what, what how do we define a Christmas TV special? Like anyone have a particular definition that they'd like to throw out or any particular characteristic that they think applies to Christmas TV special that makes it different? I, I would say that it it only comes out at Christmas. Like okay. it's a it's a Christmas specific right. uh, airing on TV, mm-hmm. right? And you may or may never see it again, <laughs> right? It could be a one off, <laughs> only to be found on YouTube. Now <laughs> there are some. Um, it should probably have, a, you know, a specifically Christmas theme, really, as opposed to generic winter theme, perhaps. Mm-hmm. And it includes a fa- um, a famous celebrity and other famous celebrities coming <laughs> together for unknown reasons. <laughs> right. That's uh, that's that's some of them. Yes, that could be some of them. Um, so so a holiday special uh, oh, to, yes. be, to well, be unnamed. Uh, <laughs> I know. Are we, we including that? No. <laughs> I guess we have to, because that's all we get these days is holiday specials instead of Christmas specials. True. With the unnamed uh, gathering on December 25th for some reason <laughs> um which might be on kashik uh with uh yeah. well uh, let's we'll, we'll save people <laughs> we'll save that for later um because c- you would we're jumping the gun on that one because i want to say that one has its own special place but uh so i was thinking about this earlier and i think there's basically three kinds of tv specials there's like you divide it into three into three groups there's the animated ones the animated stories you have live ac- live action dramas stories and then you have the variety show slash musical performance kind of Christmas TV special. Uh, and then within the first two, you get those that are connected to an existing in- intellectual property, say, you know, like those that are, uh, uh, I don't know, like Disney or, you know, Hanna-Barbera. And then you have those that are independent one-offs like, uh, you know, well, well, we'll get into it. We'll be talking about that as we go. Yeah. And then we could probably include, Christmas episodes of existing TV series. Do you think that qualifies? I kind of went back and forth. Yes and no. (laughs) Uh, Some of them can be so iconic. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Thomas, what do you think? Well, those kind of episodes, especially of, of cartoon shows were a huge part of my childhood growing up there. There are a couple that, that loom really large in my memories of Christmas. Okay. Okay. Yeah, and see, the animated specials are the ones that keep reoccurring every year, so they're in the public consciousness. Right. And some of the live-action ones. It's the variety shows that have all been lost because they really are one-offs or maybe two-offs, and that's it. 
Yeah, those. Um, yeah, th- I mean, are those available in places like you know the old Perry Comos and the, the, the stuff like that? Oh, somebody's got to be selling on late night TV. <laughs> right, right. I mean, I'm sure we could find them, especially the Bob Hope ones and yes. some of the better oh, ones. Yeah, you know, maybe. Yeah, I mean, there's the uh, the song with um, Perry. Uh, no, Bing Crosby and David uh, Bowie. David Bowie mm-hmm. uh, that right. came off a of video that is played ad nauseum on the uh your <laughs> christmas station starting november 1st you know those sure, ones sure and and that was from a whole special that i'm sure mm-hmm. you can dig around and, and find more of and also just real quick we're including claymation with animated oh uh, yes right oh, yeah. okay. oh we have obviously to. Otherwise, I have nothing to talk about tonight. <laughs> so, and and I, I mean that could get us into you know get us into things as we go here. Then because I have to say for me and and I, I like the I think I'm going to enjoy this because I don't know what everybody's talking about. I know what some of you are talking about, but my sense is there's going to be some differences. Like you're going to some some of you guys have different Christmas TV specials that are dear to you than the ones that were dear to me. Uh, most of mine revolve around what I liked and enjoyed growing up and what I want to share with my kids. And so, uh, uh, you know, and I got to say, let me start off because I'm with the the host privilege. Let me start off by naming what I think is the greatest Christmas TV special of them all, which was a Charlie Brown Christmas. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Hands Uh, down. Yes. Because partly, partly because they they read the gospel word for word in the in it, you know, uh, unlike like, as we were saying, a lot of especially modern stuff. Um, yeah, it, I, it it's fantastic. And Charles Schultz, uh, from my understanding, insisted mm-hmm. on I read yeah, that on it. And uh, so, uh, you know, it, it has the spirit of Christmas in it. It has the, the typical um, l- loss of uh, hope for a good Christmas uh, with the the uh, twist turn at the end, which is the classic Christmas story to everybody being happy and joyful and celebrating the the day together. Uh, so, uh, you know, what do y'all think? I mean, is uh, how does this work? You know, uh, Charlie Brown Christmas work for you, you all? It's right up there for, for its reasons. I think when I go back to being a little kid, I didn't appreciate the God being included aspect as much as I appreciated how cool Rudolph looked and things like that. So, <laughs> right, right. But when I look at it now, obviously as an adult, um, there's so many things as he goes through what were originally just panels, just his cartoon is three paneled, you know, here's the panel where uh, Sally asks Charlie Brown to write the list and he puts it in an animated, you know, and, and here's when they're trying to knock the cans off the fence. And here's the one where he goes to her in her psychiatric booth, you know, they just, and they (laughs) put it all together into these things. And then you have the kids speaking uh, and and they have this really cool kind of stop motion way of speaking because they had to splice together their lines because they had never really said them correctly. And that's why it gives them that that kind of way of speaking that sounds funny. <laughs> um, right. So I love that. And and lastly, for me, of course, like you said, the gospel, um, I suppose now isn't the time to to debate the translation of uh, peace on earth, goodwill toward men. But when no. he. When he says, when he says, um, fear not and drops his blanket is a great thing to go back and watch. And it gives you chills just to yes. see that mm-hmm. something he would never let go of. This is, you know, even during the play, you know, he ties it around his head and he's a good Jesus shepherd. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But when he says fear not, he lets go of his blanket and he's totally focused on God. And that's a great thing. And, and I do also remember, um, Charles Schultz. I was surprised. I, I guess maybe the sixties was the beginning of of it all, but he had to fight the network to, yeah. to have, uh, to have you know, be a religious centered Christmas special. Oh my gosh. What a crazy <laughs> idea. Yes. Because people were so enlightened back then. <laughs> right. Well, that was <laughs> the, be- the beginning. Like the people were afraid that, uh, you know, the T I think they thought that TV was this was so new and modern and cosmopolitan and religion, you know, mm. uh, outward displays of religion were too gauche and, you know, uh, down market. Uh, they were 10 years removed from Bishop Sheen. It was kind of funny how, yeah. Like, yeah, how things changed so fast. Yeah. yeah. But it's, it's interesting now because a lot of those animated Christmas specials, especially are now being seen by different eyes. Yeah. They yeah. haven't hit Charlie Brown yet, but they're starting to hit some of the others. Right. As to, I'm not sure we can show these anymore. 
Well, the funny thing about Charlie, the Charlie Brown Christmas special is it it's the rights to stream that is owned by Apple. It's yes. Apple, Apple yeah. TV Plus. It was kind of controversial last year because it was only on Apple TV Plus at first. And then after the there was a little bit of an uproar, they did offer to PBS that they could air it on a particular day at a particular time, like, uh, on, you know, on the shows. I think this year's December 19th. So, you know, mm. for so for people who don't have Apple TV Plus or can't stream, they can still watch it. Yeah, but it, and it may be this is a good I, I hate to say it. I, I, everybody knows I'm the Apple fangirl here, but <laughs> maybe it's a good thing that Apple has acquired those rights. Because it'll preserve, hopefully preserve the Peanuts, you know, portfolio yeah. and this particular Christmas special. That's Because I have a feeling the other ones might take a hit with the uh, culture that right. we have now. Right. I mean, it's not like you can pull that part of the play out, you know, the of the special out and and have it still be, you know, <laughs> no, coherent. Right. <laughs> right. We've rewritten the Jolly Brown Christmas special. <laughs> Can you imagine? Oh my gosh! No, they 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 can't improve on on perfection. You know, there's <laughs> yeah, so, correct. There's so many great moments in that, and I'm I'm a huge Peanuts fan. I, I think that that Christmas special began my kind of love affair with with Peanuts, and I identify yep. so much with Charlie Brown as a character. Like uh -huh. I feel like he reflects me in a lot of ways. Like that moment. When he's he's trying to put the ornaments on that scraggly little tree he the has, Charlie Brown he puts, tree, yeah. and mm -hmm. and the tree just falls over, and he look <laughs> and he looks at it and says, "Everything I touch gets ruined." And I'm like, <laughs> I like that is that is something that has gone through my brain when I have tried to do something and it it doesn't work out the way I want it to, and I'm right. like. Man, I'm like, I, I feel you, Charlie Brown. I, I feel you. You know, We're, there's just so many great moments in that yeah. special. I love it. I love now, it. I identify with it a lot because I was six years old when it, I mean, I saw the original. Right. <laughs> when it came out. And it's fun to watch it now back so many years ahead. Um, it, it, it is a timeless piece of, of classic cartoon. Yep. But it has the message. And in those days, cartoons had two messages, one for adults and one for children. Right. right. And, and they, this one blends it so yeah. well. The best ones do. The best ones still do. Yeah. But let's not forget the introduction to, I think it's called Linus and Lucy, the song. Mm -hmm. dun, 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 you know that that oh, that was in the, yeah. and, yeah. and the and the dancing I, this doesn't work well on a podcast but the different dances that we're all <laughs> yeah. trying to do on our screens which no one in the podcast can see but yeah uh, there's dang. actually youtube videos of that song with people doing versions of those of the dances of oh, the wow. dances that, yeah. that they're all doing i've uh, seen that yeah <laughs> it's those those are iconic peanut dancing yeah dance moves mm. yeah. I, we could have done just a whole episode on uh <laughs> peanuts on, yeah, we should yeah. probably move to another about, episode yeah. <laughs> so we should probably yeah before we spend all night doing this uh joanne tell us about what are your favorite christmas tv specials well i'm i'm a musician also and so i always gravitated as a child to all of the variety shows i mean i think i used to sit night after night watching variety shows sure so i loved when the christmas specials came because they would have the best, you know, the most important stars, even if they couldn't sing. But it was always getting together to celebrate. And they would sing the Christmas carols. So between Bob Hope and Dean Martin and Bing Crosby and Andy Williams and Perry Como, half the people right now are saying, who? <laughs> um, go to YouTube and take a look at these. I mean, and, and somebody like Andy Williams launched careers like the Osmonds. Right. You know, and being uh, Bob Hope, his were mostly centered on at that time in the 60s and 70s, um, the servicemen. Right. He would go to like bases around the world mm -hmm. and yes. perform, you know, USO shows mm -hmm. for the. Yeah. And, he and would that's bring, what he would film. Yeah. Right. I remember seeing those as a kid. Yeah. But yeah. they would bring, you know, dancers and models and actors mm -hmm. and actresses and singers and. Uh, just have a whole thing. Yeah. And and Bing Crosby was always with his family. Yep. You know, the, the kids were always there and they'd all sing. Even the wife would sing kind of OK. Uh, <laughs> now, now they would do this. They would spend their Christmas or were they re did they record it like early? I, I always wondered, mm. you know, because it was something about these guys had to spend their Christmas, obviously, 
uh, we always remember our servicemen and women who aren't home for Christmas. Mm -hmm. Right. And these, these celebrities who would come out and say, well, I'm going to spend Christmas with you too. And, and, you know, and that's kind of the thing I used to take away though. I'm not sure if I'm ignorant on that and they recorded it like earlier or what. They may have recorded it maybe earlier in the month. Right. But this was still something. I mean, you're going out in December and you're going. Yeah, sure. And spending, you know, prime time with the troops. Well, and a lot of these guys would still go on like on Christmas, still go out and go to like, that's how they would spend their Christmas. Like Bob Hope would still spend his Christmas, even Mm -hmm. though he recorded the special. He did. Would still spend his Christmas. Exactly. At the the, uh, bases around the world. Um, Cool. Yeah. So I enjoyed that type of. Yep. Christmas special. And then as you get, those are the sixties ones. When you get into the seventies, now you've got the John Denver. Oh yes. With the Muppets. With the Muppets. Oh, that is a great one. Yeah. Yes. And of course the, the one that you never see anymore, but is the basis of a long, long favorite album, the Carpenters Christmas okay. portrait. They oh. had recorded the album first. Mm-hmm. And then somebody got the idea, why don't you turn it into a Christmas special? And it, is the, it, it follows the exact line of the album. Oh, So it goes from scene to scene to scene. It was nice. I, I got a chance to look at it on YouTube with, as I was going through all this. And I'm like, yeah, we got to watch this, Kev, my husband. You know, we've got to watch yeah. this for Christmas. I'm wow. so glad it's up on YouTube. Poorly, yeah. but it's up there. <laughs> well, that's the thing is YouTube is a treasure for this sort of stuff that is just not preserved otherwise. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's out there. Uh, Thomas, what about you? What do you have for uh, your favorite Christmas TV specials? Well, I mean, of, of course, I grew up with like the, the classic ones that we can all name, like How the Grinch Stole Christmas and Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, Mr. Magoo's Christmas Carol. Yeah. But some of the, the things that I want to spotlight are actually episodes, Christmas episodes of television shows that I grew up with. Uh-huh. I grew up on a lot of the uh, DC superhero shows that were made by Bruce Timm and Paul Dini, like Batman, the animated series and all of its spinoffs, yeah. Superman, the Justice League. And they had some terrific Christmas episodes. Batman, the animated series actually had two. Uh, it's one of the first episodes. I don't know if it's one of the first that is aired, but I think it's, it's like the second on the production list is Christmas with the Joker. Which is a terrific episode. It's about where the Joker, he escapes Arkham Asylum and takes a bunch of notable citizens hostage and does his own Christmas special. He like hijacks, (laughs) he hijacks the television signal and he starts doing his own murderous Christmas special. And Batman has to stop him. The B plot is Robin trying to convince Batman to watch It's a Wonderful Life. And, <laughs> and Batman doesn't understand those. Well, that sounds terrible. Like he, he, he thinks that it's some kind of happy, sappy Christmas uh-huh. movie. And of course, Robin gets him to watch it at the end. And he's like, no, that was good. But so there's, there's that. Awesome. Um, an episode, uh, a later one was Holiday Nights, which was a season four episode, I think. And that was kind of a... Uh, an anthology of little Christmas stories. Like there's one where Batgirl is shopping for her dad, Commissioner Gordon and Clayface attacks. And there's some stuff that happens. But the other one I just want to mention is uh, a Justice League season two episode, Comfort and Joy, which is another anthology kind of episode. There's a bunch of different plots going on at the same time. Uh, There's one where the Flash he he arrests a supervillain called the Ultra Humanite, and they end up going on this crazy mission to find a toy for some orphaned children. It's pretty funny. Uh-huh. And then, but what's interesting about that episode, it, and, and it, it ends on kind of this hopeful note, because the Martian Manhunter, who's a superhero who really doesn't have any family, Superman kind of brings him to spend Christmas with the Kents. And it's this really nice... You know, it, apparently the, the Kents wrap Clark's presence in lead foil so that he can't, so that he so can't can. see through them with his x-ray vision. But that episode, I learned, I learned just tonight because I looked it up, is the final episode before the three-part gut-wrenching finale of that show. Huh. Where, where uh, it was a three-part finale called Starcross, where the whole team is torn apart and all this stuff happens. And it's funny because, like, you have just this nice episode with all the characters coming together for Christmas, and then the finale happens where the team 
ends up being betrayed by one of their own and it's a big thing mm -hmm. but my brother and i always go back and watch those episodes this time of year because it's it's the stuff we grew up on and we like to see you know our favorite superheroes celebrating christmas i i think it's it's just it's cool and it's wholesome and awesome and yeah. i love it well that's the thing is for me for i think so far for all of us and mike i haven't uh, gone to you yet but i just before i do i you know so much of this is about the nostalgia this the the what what we saw watched as kids that still sticks with us this there's still stuff that's being made today and maybe that will stick with kids today you know but for me it's all about the stuff that i saw as a kid that made part of it is made was what made christmas special obviously christmas was special for a lot of reasons but you only got to see these things once a year and we maybe we could talk about this in a little uh, for a little bit is the difference between being able to stream it whenever we want now and when i was a kid not being able to watch it except the, if you caught it when it aired at the time it was going to air and if you missed it you missed right. rudolph's happy you know, rudolph's red nose reindeer for the for the one time it's going to air that year what do you think i mean have we lost something by by being able to stream this stuff whenever we want i, I was actually yeah i was thinking that uh as we were coming to me i had allowed this time to as it was going around uh -huh. um to to think about different things and, and one of them is that i i grew up uh similar dom and i were born in similar times so yep. we both grew up uh and and became adults uh, right, or, right around the time or shortly after VCRs sure. came came in. So, so once yep. you had VCRs, you know you could record things, and obviously, but uh, but my parents like waited forever to even get one. <laughs> so, like on my birthday, I would rent a VCR and The Empire Strikes Back, and that's what I would do. I would watch oh, The wow. Empire Strikes Back. Oh, there you uh, go. On my birthday, with a rented VCR. That's how how <laughs> impoverished I was. But anyway. Um, yeah, I just remember, I remember literally thinking, you know, as like a, a eight, nine, 10 year old, um, and I'm watching the, how the Grinch stole Christmas and they do the opening scene and everything. I'm thinking, well, that's the last time I'll see that opening scene for a year. That's, that's the kind of stuff that would go through my head. And, and I remember one time I had homework to do and Rudolph was on and my dad was like, no, you got to go do your homework. And I'm just like what is wrong with you oh my, are you serious this this is on now and that's it and i don't get to see it for 12 months you know you can't be serious that you and, and i mean my father i just what he said to do something you do it right but, but this was this one time where i like stood my ground and i'm like you don't understand i think my mom came to my rescue but i was just like <laughs> he, he he you know he he didn't get it at all and i was like oh my gosh so yeah the and then my nieces and nephews, you know, either they got them on, you know, VHS tapes they bought or whatever. And I remember one of them, like they would watch Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer all year long, like over and over. And I was like, this is just wrong. It is. This is wrong. Uh, this is really wrong. <laughs> yeah. This shouldn't be done. This is like you just uh, you watch it once and, and that's it. That's just you can't be doing that. Even if it was December and they watched it three or four times, you'd be like, no, you should you watch you, it. You watch like it once. once. Maybe twice. Yeah, but that, that was me with, with Mr. Magoo's Christmas Carol. I would watch that any time of the year. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's just you know those are the old-fashioned values that I grew up with. You know, well, you just you, don't do that. Yeah, you're not gonna like me. I have it on my Plex, <laughs> so my Plex server has all of those Christmas things on it. Well, but yeah, I mean, it's like this is the sort of thing that made America great. No, just kidding. But, uh, no, no, but that's why yeah. when I talk about the Christmas specials, you know, the variety mm -hmm. show specials, you can't see those right at all. They don't they don't show them anymore. Yeah. So you have to go hunting for them to find them. Yeah. I'm surprised but, there isn't a channel with them somewhere, you know, just like oh, some gotta website, be. you know, some obscure the, the website. money, the money it might cost to try to get the rights the i right, mean it's funny yeah. you go yeah. and find the dvds these things it's still like one one hour special or one half hour frosty to snowman special 10 bucks it's, it's you know they they they're still that right. hot commodity and you go on the um like netflix or try to find them free anywhere nope they, yeah. they cost money they're 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 that because because we're all yeah. still alive that grow up with them and we'll pay well, the problem with the variety right. shows and the uh, musical performances is the music rights. They still get to pay yes. all those, the music rights, the the, mm -hmm. the residuals to the performers and all that sort of stuff. And that's pro probably why it's not available. Yeah. And there's some music written for these shows that was specially written for yeah. the occasion. 
So. All right, Mike, I want to go to you and uh, get, you know, some of your Christmas TV special memories. Well, I'm like you, Dom. This is the nostalgia of growing up. The 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 kid who had all those beliefs and, and, and everything about Christmas that young children do. And uh, the top two I, uh, that I have on my list are, are Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer and Santa Claus is Coming to Town. Now, yes. Rudolph is much more popular. Yeah. Uh, as far as, you know, uh, I mean, you can you see it all over. It's still, you know, mm-hmm. you can go into CVS or any place and see plush Rudolph stuff and little little things. But uh, Santa Claus is Coming to Town was also and I just got to say uh, uh, Rankin and Bass if they didn't exist, my oh, Christmases yeah. would be in some sort of alternate universe. I don't know what yes. well, the, yeah. the things that they put together. I wanted to put like, amazing. I wanted to kind of like put rank the Rankin and Bass in a corner here and just just the whole oeuvre of Rankin and Bass. For oh, Christmas they were specials. just. Yeah. I mean, you know, whether and they did some like Easter ones, too, and different things, you know, yeah. but obviously oh, yeah. now we're just talking about Christmas. And these two by Rankin and Bass were just. So awesome. Um, oh, yeah. I, I, I could talk about Rudolph, you know, a lot. And, and well, you know, I, I, well, you know, she said I'm cued and all the different things that are great about it. Yeah. The abominable snow monster. Uh, and Cornelia, the, Yukon Cornelius yes. is the best. Oh, Yukon Cornelius. I mean, he could have had a This vlog is peanut butter. <laughs> yeah. Don't you mean pea soup? You eat what you like. You I'll eat what I like. What I, like. <laughs> I quote that yeah. to my kids all the, like, all, oh. all the different lines. Oh yeah, they're great, great lines. Let's um, be independent Kirby, together. <laughs> Kirby wants to be a dentist. Kirby wants to be a dentist. You know? Kirby wants yes. to be a dentist. <laughs> you don't want to make toys. Shame, Shame on, on you. <laughs> like, like he's like the the, the Rudolph elf. You well, know, right. Like, Let's <laughs> talk about Rudolph for a second because mm. there's a controversy. Because yes, there is. Everybody in Rudolph is a jerk from Santa all the way down to the reindeer to oh, all the elves. Man. I mean. It's kind of traumatic a little bit. <laughs> Santa is is a jerk to the elves. There there there's those there's that scene where they're they're doing a performance of a song and he's Which just is like, was cut out for a while, but you have to look at like the the DVD or something. But yeah, I know what you're talking yeah, about. He's like it needs work and he just stomps off and I'm like <laughs> what? Okay. He's like what a kid is going to understand that Santa is stressed during this time of year. It's not really. Eat, Papa, eat. So Nobody likes a skinny Santa. <laughs> and, then, and then there's the, you know, we're not going to let Rudolph play in any of our reindeer games. Yeah, yeah they were kind of set up by the, the song itself. Of course. You know? That's the problem. That's because the problem. he has a deformity, we're all going to shun him. And, but, the problem, uh, you know, but the problem in our society now comes that people are looking at this saying, this is a bullying thing. Yeah, right. And then Rudolph's people are getting bullied. It. So yeah. why do we want to watch this? And you're, you're sitting there going, folks, this is a cautionary tale. Would you really like, you know, yeah. this is a teaching moment, folks. Right. If right. you and don't show the- these things, you, you don't teach the kids. You think the kids are going to, you're going to, you're going to look at your kid and say, don't be a bully. And they're <laughs> right. just going to do that. No, they have to see the consequences as well as the, you know, as well as the good side of it. And and also, I mean, this is the more the more old fashioned and seldom used. The bullied overcomes, mm-hmm, you know, right. he bullied, right. learns to deal, overcomes and then changes the bullies. Yes. Right. Um, not, you know, the bullies are shunned uh, get or shanked and, yeah. and put in a corner and because and you're never going to get rid of bullies is kind of right. one of the things. But you can try to change them and you right. are responsible for yourself that that's a whole thing mm-hmm. that's in there but obviously that kind of just went over my head and i just thought it was really so cool when i was watching <laughs> as a kid and plus i didn't really you know i, yeah. I mean yeah of Mike, course it went over all of our heads, of our heads. <laughs> yeah. hey plus bumbles bounce that's what bumbles, bumbles bounce, bounce. Yes. for the abominable snow monster uh, yeah the abominable snow I monster was, so was awesome i was so scared of that thing when i was a oh kid my God, it was terrifying i would hide when you would come over the mountains like how big is that thing it's going the <laughs> <Yeah>. mountains <laughs> no really Apparently those were just small little hills. Oh, okay. Later on, we find out yeah. he's well, not like, that I, big. I grew up on kaiju movies, so I, to, to me that was nothing. Well, there you go. Like, oh, yeah, the Bumble Fights Godzilla was a movie that came out later. <laughs> it should have been. I mean, I, I'm thinking he lost his teeth. He could still do some damage. I can't believe he's got it those claws still. I know he's got a lot of things going for him without the teeth. He could probably gum me to death pretty easily. Every time, um, every time the topper goes on our tree. By the way, when we decorate it. Look at what he can do <laughs> every oh. time, every time. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> and, and the other one, uh, Santa Claus is coming to town. 
where you have the um, list of talent on that one. Oh, right. yeah, Fred yeah. Astaire and Mickey Rooney and Santa. Yeah. yeah. Um, and the Burger Meister Meister Burger. How do you oh not like that? I, I mean, love it. put so one great. foot in front, in front of, of the other. The other. Yeah. And, and everyone and the can great sing line, these songs. Um, yes. Yeah. <laughs> the, he's he he t- gives the corn to the. The deer and he's the like, magic oh, corn. I'm not such a loser after all. <laughs> oh, like <laughs> the great yeah. line of the uh, Winter Warlock. Yeah, Winter Call Warlock winter. was was like a like a hippie drug dealer or something. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, did you? Everyone remembers that '60s like the uh, uh, oh my gosh, the musical acid sequence trip? in the middle. Come on, <laughs> that was kind of what fa- very '60s. I fast forward through that. Actually, yeah. I, I can't take it. Uh, it's very <laughs> weird. <laughs> Very weird. It yeah. was an acid Yeah, I was like trip. breaking and yeah. pass. We're having a little bit too much fun that day. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but for me, that was like a biographical. This is well, how Stana came about. Yeah, and what he's about. I, I whatever they said there, that was gospel truth. <laughs> right, know, right. How it all worked out. That's that's how it worked for me. Um, the other two things I I have to mention, and they're more than honorable mentions, especially this first one, is um of all the different versions of a Christmas Carol, George C. Scott's. A Christmas Ooh. Carol is my absolute hands yeah. down favorite. Mike, you and I are like this tonight <laughs> because this is my list too. Yeah, yeah, and, and and I watch it on Christmas Eve, and I've been doing that for probably thirty years. I, yeah. I, every year on Christmas Eve, I watch that. I, I love it. My, my wife, all year long, um, she will um, quote to me. Uh, I'm sure I don't know. Which is a simple line when they don't <laughs> right. know that Uncle Scrooge is at the door. And they're like, who is that? And he goes, I'm sure I don't know. And <laughs> the same guy that was on Cheers later on who played uh, his nephew, Fred, and that actor from England. And just stupid little things like that that, right. will, that will quote from that, that show. Um, but I love it. And I know he's not the classic skinny. That's the big thing. He's not the classic skinny um scrooge yeah but guys like dom and i like that you know that's that's good well uh we like yeah. the we like the big guys getting uh, getting, uh <laughs> the big roles and um he's just so mean he's just so george c scott just played it so well now so that and that was specifically that was a made for tv movie on the air on yep. abc so none of the other christmas carol ones that i like were w- would qualify but like i love the albert finney musical version i love the muppet christmas carol but those are <laughs> films those are those don't qualify yeah. for what we're talking about tonight but that george c scott one is just so there's that poignant scene where the he has to leave his love behind or not has to he just decides to yeah. go for business instead of love and it's so poignant to see that regret george c scott plays that part to a t it's so good and, and, then, the, and the, go, go ahead, ahead. Go ahead. no go ahead <laughs> i was just gonna say my, my my favorite chilling line is um when he says well let him go to the orphanages and the prisons and he's yep. the poorhouses and he goes, Oh, you quote my own lines against me, huh? And he goes, Yes. And maybe <laughs> you'll see within the eyes of heaven that you are more worthless than millions like this boy's child. And the music starts going and George C. Scott just is like two inches tall at that point. You know, yeah. It's the best. And the equalizer, I forget his name. Um the original <laughs> equalizer plays right. the ghost oh, of Christmas present. He does um, such a good job. Uh He's passed away, but I English. So is George C. Scott. Yeah, he's English. English actor, oh, right? right on the tip oh, of my tongue too. Yeah, I know who you're yeah, talking he's about. Great. He's, he's great. Yeah. I, I love him. I was go- I was going to jump in with now the antithesis of all this. <laughs> yep. Which is um, a special on a Christmas Carol that was made for HBO originally. Uh huh. And that is the Rich Little Christmas Carol. Oh my gosh! Where. Like- Okay, so let me set this up. Explain who Rich Little is. Rich Little was a very famous impressionist in the 60s, 70s, and 80s. Yeah. Okay. And he played every single character in in the Christmas Carol as a famous person. (laughs) So Scrooge was W.C. Fields. Yeah. Okay, Johnny Carson was his uh, nephew, Fred. Yep. Marley was, oh, I forget who Marley was. But every single one he played as a different character. And can you, is this available on yeah, YouTube? Yeah, it's, it's on HBO. Oh, I gotta watch it. <laughs> well, no, no, oh, it's I, not, I don't know if it's on HBO, but it's on YouTube. It. That sounds, sounds great. Look yeah. it up on YouTube. It's not yeah. a bad recording, but it was, I remember that so distinctly because it was so i mean and it's played for laughs a little bit but he was he was he was very 
good as an actor and a very good impressionist. So I think they they decided HBO was a, a very small company at the time. Yeah, early <laughs> it on. Wasn't, yeah, yeah, this was the beginning of HBO, and they scored a coup with that. Right, right. It was very, they, I think they showed it for maybe like 10 years, and I so, think it dropped off. He did, uh, Bob Cratchit was Paul Lind. That's who it was. All Johnny right. Carson was Fred. Laurel mm-hmm. and Hardy were the solicitors. Richard mm-hmm. Nixon was Jacob Marley. There you go. <laughs> Humphrey Boy. Bogart as the ghost, ghost of Christmas Past. Groucho Marx as Fezziwig. Jimmy Stewart as Dick Wilkins. Peter Falk as the ghost of Christmas Present slash Columbus. Peter Falk. <laughs> yep. Gene Stapleton as Edith Bunker slash Mrs. Cratchit. <laughs> Truman Capote as Tiny Tim. <laughs> oh, man. Mm-hmm. oh, man. Peter Sellers as Inspector Clouseau, the ghost of Christmas uh, yet to come. <laughs> so like I said, this is the antithesis of Yo, George C. Scott. Yeah, yeah. Uh, oh. James Mason, George Burns, and John Wayne as the three businessmen, and Jack Benny as a boy. <laughs> that is awesome. I love that. I got to see that sometime. Oh, That's yeah. Good. It's it's. But it, I mean, it sh- it showcases what a talent he was. Oh yeah, he really was. There's nobody like they don't really. There are impressionists, but there's not, it's not nothing really like that out there anymore. No. Uh, let's go back to talking a little bit about Rankin Bass because they did both stop motion and regular animation, mm-hmm. and they had so many. In addition to Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer and Santa Claus is Coming to Town, there's one of my favorites is The Year Without a Santa Claus. With uh-huh. uh, oh yeah, uh, the heat miser and snow miser. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, gosh. you have to actually say that the heat miser snow miser one because yes. if you just say the year without a Santa Claus, people, people don't always know what you're talking about. But yeah. everybody knows the heat miser snow miser. I'm yeah. Mr. Heat Miser. Oh, I love that. Um, Frosty the Snowman. Um, you had uh, and then ones that you didn't see very often, and I I remember them. I used to really enjoy when we could cat when they would air it. Rudolph's Shiny New Year. Where yeah, he had that to was go on for a while. Yeah, uh, I don't remember every year. that. I never saw that one. He oh, had to go find Baby New Year. Baby New Year's, so he had to go to the archipelago of of years, where each island in the archipelago was a different year. So he'd go to 1776, and oh. the the old man 1776 was looked like Ben Franklin, and you know, so it was yeah. he would all see all these historical places. You know, in, in things throughout history, 1492 and like, so it was very history based. But and, uh, and Baby New Year had these really huge ears. Right. And he would not take his top hat off because people would see his ears. And, and so laugh. He had this mirrored Rudolph problem where he would find people that would play with him. Uh, like he, he, he ran into the three bears and he was playing with the baby bear. And then his hat came off and everyone laughed at him and he goes away because he doesn't like being laughed at. Right. And so that's why he kept hopping from island to island because he would meet somebody. They'd see his ears laugh, you know, but they weren't, uh, you know, they didn't meet, weren't doing it mean. It just, he looked funny and he would get upset and then go to a different island. Yeah. And, and the whole time there's this condor, what is it? Uh, not a con- uh, vulture of some sort, right? Right. They wanted he, to stop the years. Yeah. Cause if he was supposed to die at the end of this year, I guess. And if he, he would get another, I don't know, he would live forever if he could stop Baby New Year from, Right. Starting the new year. Right. Right. That's and of exa- course it's like a vulture, the symbol of death. You know? <laughs> yeah, yes. He was he was, was kind of scary, but he was also kind of goofy too. Eon the, the Terrible is was his name. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Another one I want to mention um that I really liked, and it's uh it's um animated, it's not claimated, uh claimated, claymation. Um it's kind of looks like the the Hobbit and some of the other style of uh yep. drawings they did was Twas the Night Before Christmas. Right. Where there was mm-hmm. a uh, a regular family with a clockmaker and then a mouse family that uh, had a kind of a similar oh, yeah. look to them. And the uh, the boy mouse didn't believe in Santa. So he wrote a, uh, an op ed because he was a brainiac. <laughs> he was kind of like the, the 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 scientist religious doubter person in this uh, show. Yeah. And he wrote up he wrote an op ed about how we don't believe in Santa here in this town. And so Santa said he wasn't coming to that town. <laughs> Santa apparently hadn't met Rudolph yet. Um, so he wasn't coming to that town because of what they said. So the clockmaker built a clock to welcome Santa. And then the uh, mouse, uh, doubting mouse, messed up the clock because he wanted to figure out how it worked. And then he fixed it and Santa came. And I just ruined the show for you, but it's really cute. Um, yes. And I just love that was like yeah. part of my repertoire of uh, specials I look forward to every year for, nice. you know, however long I kept watching these on TV. Probably till like only a few years ago. <laughs> well, 
I, I want to mention a couple uh, of the more obscure ones that I enjoyed. Um, so with the Rankin Bass, there's obviously the Frosty the Snowman animated mm-hmm. with, you know, happy birthday. Happy as, birthday. And it had, uh, oh, what's his name? Oh, I should, I should look this up. Um, the voice. Um, uh, football player. No, no, uh, no. The, um, the narrator was uh, Jackie Vernon. No, no, no. George Goble. Uh, George okay. Goble. Uh, no, actually, I had the wrong one. Uh, th- 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 Jimmy Durante. Right. Jimmy Durante. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Jimmy, Jimmy, Jimmy Durante. Durante. Right. Um, and the magician. You know, and a busy, busy, ma- busy. I am thinking busy. The worst magician in the worst world. Mag- oh, yes. yes. Awesome. And Hocus uh, Pocus, his uh, rabbit. Yeah, yeah. And then the little girl. I always felt so bad for the little girl who's cold. In, <laughs> and he know? left her on the roof. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, bye, Karen. Good luck. Yeah, yeah. And that's why she grew up to be Karen. So that was, the, I mean, that's a, a, a famous one that people know. Mm. But uh, Jackie Vernon was. Uh, yeah, was Jackie Jackie Vernon was, the was Frosty, right? And uh, Billy DeWolf was Professor Hinkle, yeah. And Jimmy Durante was a narrator, and Paul Freeze was Santa Claus. And then um, people like to to uh, diss the Little Drummer Boy, oh, but I I liked it, and that this is mm. you know one of the few Rankin Bass that was very specifically about Jesus, right? You know, yeah. and it's it's that's it's the song. It's another one of those animated things that were about that were made from a song and the song is about a boy who has nothing to give but playing a drum and it, which i mean it's funny because you know as any mother of a newborn the last thing you want is a little kid playing a drum in the room you know <laughs> but it takes a sinless virgin to uh put <laughs> yes, up with that there yeah. you go. <laughs> but it was on very rarely. I only ever saw it a couple times, but it made an impression on me to to see a, you know a, an animated version of the actual Christmas story. And I have a, a Rankin Bass kind of set uh, uh-huh. that has Rudolph, Santa Claus coming to town. Yeah, Frosty, I had that one too. Um, and uh, the Drummer Boy, uh, and I think there's one more in there too. Oh wow! Uh, so I have all of those in this one set, so we can watch the Drummer Boy whenever we want. And and I love. Uh, that version of the drummer boy. I think mm. it's, um, oh, I can't remember right now uh, which one they use, but it's a really good uh, version of, of the drummer boy that they use uh, when he's actually doing the playing and they have Mary nod and everything. Uh-huh. It's all very, um, you know, and he smiles again. He yeah, likes it's the Ray Conniff, of the Ray Conniff singers. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And he hates people. That's, that's the drummer boy's uh, right. beef uh, because of what they did to his family. And then he, yeah, the Jesus sub story, the right. sub story on this is very good. And it weaves into the, yeah. you know, the, the way the song goes. Right, right, right. And they, 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 some of these have sequels that they made. You know, the the book two of the Little Drummer Boy and things. I'm not sure. They, There's those, like a modern up. CGI mm. Rudolph. Is it really? Yeah, I think uh. so. Yeah, I, I think I saw a review of it on YouTube and it just looked awful. <laughs> <laughs> they, they got Rudolph and Frosty together. Um that was uh, that wasn't too bad. Rudolph's frosty new year. Rudolph's frosty. Christmas Rudolph and Frosty's like Christmas in July. That was nice. Christmas in July, right? Oh, he's uh, by this time uh, Frosty's married Crystal uh, oh. <laughs> from the previous uh, sequel. This is, I guess, is the the yeah. the third in the trilogy of uh, Frosty. Yeah, the fro- the, this is the, the Rankin Bass cinematic universe. <laughs> yeah, frosty go. saga. <laughs> the, uh, RBCU, yeah, yeah, the RBCU. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the only other one, the Rankin Bass one that really stands out to me that I saw maybe once was Jack Frost. Um, oh yeah, and I, I, it was my only impression. I was I had to have been very young when I saw it. You know, nine, eight, or nine years old. And my impression of it was this is weird. This is kind of an odd thing. Um, it's uh, as I'm reading the description. Uh, so narrated by Buddy Hackett. They that was the thing about Rankin Bass. They got a lot of big talent for their stuff. You know, that that's for sure. They had big names involved. But <laughs> and who was Buddy Hackett? Do you remember? It's right there in your It's a comedian. He no, no, I'm talking about who he played. He was oh. the groundhog for Groundhog Day. Yes. He was Pardon me, Pete. Oh, that's right. <laughs> Pardon Pardon me. So he yeah. played like another holiday, you know, little known holiday mascot. Right. Uh, talking about Jack Frost, because he's the one who decided whether Jack Frost was gonna hang around. So he was appropriate. 
Right, 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 right. Yeah, as, as you mentioned it. So it's just, you know, Rankin Bass, they really, I mean, they made a lot of stuff. I mean, like you, you kind of referred to the... Uh, the Lord, the uh, the Return of the King, the 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 very short Lord of the Rings. <laughs> yeah, the Last Unicorn was yep. another cool one they did, a, kind of a seventies thing. And um, uh, and Jack Frost, I I think he first appeared in the first Frosty sequel where um he was keeping it cold for Frosty, but then they said that's not going to be good, and then he showed got his own special. I don't know which one came first, but they did the same t- kind of Jack Frost character in both right. one was animated one was claymation the jack frost mm. was a claymation right frosty's winter wonderland i think was the was the one that came before yeah where he got crystal because he's lonely and yep yep she had the icicle hair it was weird <laughs> <laughs> now does anybody remember emmett otter's jug band christmas no no this is obscure this I've is i've heard of it I've heard of it and i've seen outtakes that are hilarious but right. i've never seen the movie itself so it's Henson. It's the Henson from the Muppets. Yeah. And Henson had a bunch, like you mentioned, the John Denver Muppet uh, special and mm-hmm. the Muppet Family Christmas. There was something like that. Uh, but this is early on 1977, another HBO special from from back in because Henson and HBO had something going. I remember Fraggle Rock. That was yes, a, they did. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. that was an HBO thing. But um, yeah, the, it was it's Canadian. So it's originally was was. Uh, it premiered in, uh, on the CBC t- TV up in Canada. And so it had a real Canadian um, uh, feel to it, a, a sensibility to it. And uh, I don't remember much about it, but like, like you said, Thomas, I, I just remember it was, it was funny and uh, it was kind of, it was kind of cool because it was puppetry instead of stop motion animation. And it was, so it was different from the others. Uh, the, uh, the, well, what's the, I'm mean, just going to give you the, 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 the story is Emmett Otter and his and his ma, a widow who scrapes by in the small amount of money she gets from doing laundry, and that Emmett gets from doing odd jobs around the home in the town of Frogtown Hollow, um, and then they're they're uh, put down upon. And it's it's sort of a twist on the gift of the Magi, I guess, by O. Henry, mm-hmm. and they sacrifice. They each trying to get each other a Christmas gift and sacrifice something that they love to get the other person a gift. And that person is already sacrificing something related to get them a gift that's related to the thing they sacrifice. And that you go the back and forth. So, um, yeah, so that, that, that's just one that I remember as I was trying to think of Muppet ones that were TV specials that I remember. And that's the only one that kind of came to mind. Yeah. And I think HBO was, was taking a lot from the Canadian broadcasting at that time. Cause that's where the rich little, Christmas Carol came from as well. It was on right. Canadian television first and then HBO brought it to America. So HBO was getting a lot of stuff from up north. Okay. Okay. Another interesting thing about the little drummer boy is it came before all the ones they're really known for. It was 68. Whereas yeah. uh, Santa Claus is coming to town and Rudolph and uh, Frosty the Snowman were like 69, 70. They followed. Mm. Uh, so they, they went with that one first and right. another one that I really liked that was religious that they did was uh, Nestor the Long-Eared Donkey. Did you ever hear that oh, one? Oh, that sounds very familiar. Yeah. That's where he, um, it's a beautiful story. And, and basically Nestor, it's super sad beginning because his mother uh, dies in a snowstorm, keeping him warm by covering him up. So you get this mm. gut-wrenching Disney-like mother Bambi dying. moment. Yeah. yeah, Bambi kind of moment. Uh, but then he ends up uh, being the donkey that Mary rides to Bethlehem. And he uses his ears to cover her up during a sandstorm and everything. So it's like, you know, another Rudolph deformity moment. Uh, for <laughs> Nestor. Uh, but it, it's a great it's 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 a really great one. And uh, it's not I, I don't I haven't seen it in a while. I, I think it might be accessible like on YouTube or or something. Right. But it's a good one. Uh, Brenda Vaccaro was in that. That's the only name that I recognize from the, the cast list. But uh, yeah, interesting. Interesting. Nestor was Shelley Hines. I don't know that name. So, yeah, that that you know, it's fun going, talking about some of these things because they kind of come back. I'm like, yeah, yeah. I, you know, I, now that you mention it, I, I have a memory of that sort of thing. Anything else that anyone wants to, to mention uh, before we uh, bring things to a close here? And I mentioned my honorable mention that uh, Mike already knows about. But uh, anyone? <laughs> we, we haven't even really touched on uh, how the Grinch stole Chris. Oh, yeah, my gosh. I was, I was thinking right. the same thing. We, That's if, right. If, if we don't want to be... Uh persecuted uh in the comments we better talk about the grinch 
Yes, true. I have that on my list of the ones to talk about. And I totally missed it. So the Grinch. Now this is interesting. Let's talk about it. This is a reversal of the feel good Christmas story. It's mm-hmm. because the Grinch is the bad guy and he's the focus of the of the events. Yeah. Um. So what do you? I mean. What do you have any memories of it? I mean, for me, it was always I kind of rooted for the dog. Uh, you know, I always thought the dog was the best part. <laughs> the dog was yes. the best. Yeah. Uh, yes, yeah. I'd agree. I, I always remember when uh, the dog goes over the hill and he looks up and he sees the sleigh coming and the Grinch pops his head <laughs> and a commercial is going to come. Then a commercial comes and then and but now when you watch it on video or DVD, I mean, you know, it just you just keep going. But yeah. uh, it's interesting. He's right up there with Charles Dickens and you have Scrooge and Grinch is like the yes. two. Yes. Christmas bad guys that are yeah. equal. You can't really say one is more popular than the other. And that's a big Dr. Seuss victory there. They be- have. Yeah. They become they have- nouns like generic nouns for, for bad people. You know, yeah, you're yeah. such a Grinch. Anti-Christmas people. Yeah. Yes. They're, they're Grinch. Even though both of them reformed, they, uh, <laughs> they yeah. still, they still. Uh, and that was but the, directed the- by Chuck Jones. Right. The famous animator who did all of the Warner brothers cartoons and, and all mm-hmm. that sort of stuff. That's right. And you had um, the singer was uh, famous for something else, the, a mascot that he voiced for a popular serial. Anyone remember? Yeah, you're Tony, mean the one. Tiger. Tony the Tiger. Tony the Tiger is, oh. the, is uh, the singer. I, I should know the man's name. I can look okay. it up. Uh, but uh, yeah, if you now, now from now on, you'll always hear that and go, oh, it's Tony the Tiger singing. And, oh. and the narrator was Boris Karloff, right? Oh, yes. 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 Oh, and that was a huge coup to get him. Um, he's oh wow! I mean, between the Tony the Tiger and Boris Karloff, which is just about the only two voices besides Cindy Lou Who, with no more than two, uh, you there's really no other voices. They get the singing, but mm. they're the only the only voices you have. Uh, yeah. And Boris does the Grinch and his own voice. But they used Boris in a way where what they were trying to do, I think, was give it that Halloween, almost like a Halloweenish, you know, which would yes. then be taken yeah. later on. With the nightmare before Christmas, but this was sort of the beginning of that type of right. You know whether it would you know the other one that could have done a, a as good a job if they didn't get Boris Karloff would have been Vincent Price. That's what I was thinking. Oh, yeah. 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 yeah, Vincent that's, Price. That's, that's that's what that's Boris the vibe Karloff was they like. were going for. Yeah, I think yeah. Boris predated Vincent as far mm-hmm. as he did. Um, yeah. You know the classic horror film kind of voice. So Thurl Ravenscroft was the name of the uh, voice for both Tony the Tiger and who sang ah. You're a Mean One, Mr. Grinch. <laughs> like a comic that. book name. I know, Thurl Ravenscroft. I mean, it's, it's almost like yeah, a it's villain. Like a, it's like a Batman villain, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ravenscroft, Raven. it's you again. I that's, knew it. That's awesome. Um I mean, he looks, he looks, well, if you look at him on Wikipedia, he looks like a villain too. He's got the little <laughs> tiny mustache and everything. Uh, yes. It looks awesome. Yeah. Oh, uh, wow, yeah. He had such a great deep voice. Oh my gosh! And yeah, you're a cruel one. Yeah, and still, Mr. yeah, Grinch. they still. I mean, they I, people are trying to do it over. Some acapella groups have tried to do that song over. I I heard a, a girl like a Ariana Grande type trying to sing it. And I'm like, oh no, this uh, no, no. no. It, Hard it's got to no. be you know. You got to be what? What does that you in bass? You got to be a, yeah, you gotta be a deep to bass pull that off. To yeah. pull that yeah. off. She she just went in a different direction and really ruined it. But yeah, um, yeah. Still, I mean, nobody has nobody <laughs> yeah. has or ever will record a better version of. No, the only uh, one who may have come, him. only one who may have come close would have been Amy Winehouse, and that's a totally different oh vibe. Yeah. She could have come close. <laughs> that would be an interesting version. To, yes, it would. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Grinch really. It's it's I mean, Dr. Seuss. Uh, they, and in fact, he wrote the music. He wrote the lyrics. Um, you know, he was deeply involved in the creation of that. And it's funny. I mean, it's another one of these stories about it's interesting how so many of these stories are about people who are a little bit dead inside, a little bit uh, lacking, you know, lacking in the Christmas spirit. And what by that we mean lacking in love for your fellow man, love for yourself um joy charity and how many of these stories get to right to that point of christmas is about the ultimate gift and even when they don't mention jesus christ right it's still that's what the that's what christmas is about i mean the gift giving on christmas is about the the ultimate gift to us of jesus christ from the mm-hmm. father and i love the fact that so many of these i mean if you go on wikipedia and look at the list of christmas specials you know, there are some dumb ones in there, you know, that with ridiculous premises. But 
how many of them are about this very idea of Jesus through Christmas brings hope to the hopeless and brings light to the darkness. And that's what all of these are. I mean, all of these stories that we've talked about Mm -hmm. are about the light in the darkness. So I, you know, I just think that's really uh, awesome that we, and that's one of the reasons why I wanted to kind of celebrate Christmas TV specials, because it's so often that's what we got, you know, from from this. Well, it's Uh, redemption stories. That's what you're looking for is these redemption stories that life isn't as bad, as dark as it seems to be, that there is a light and that light can change people. So without mentioning his name, they seem to get the, the gist of the meaning of the whole thing and try to put that in a secular sort of societal context. Right. I don't know if Dr. Seuss was Christian, but he, he stumbled on it often enough. Like, just did. like, you know, a, 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 no matter how small a life is a life, you know, uh, with no, right. who is, yeah. is, is, is like, yeah. you know, like the abortion uh, lesson right there about, you know, unborn babies and stuff like that. But um, this mm. one, you have him seeing Christmas and all the trimmings and all the noise and uh, and then stripping that away and seeing that no Christmas isn't about those things. It's very simple. And then, mm. then he sees it, you know, and you know, you know, it came without packages, boxes or bags or tags and all these different things. And, and perhaps it doesn't come from a store. And then he sees what Christmas really is about. And he brings back all those things that are, are just fine. They're great to have. Mm. Um, but, but you need to be able to strip them all down and see, you know, what it's really all about. Uh, but the, the, I mean, I, the, the beginning where he talks about all the things they get and the, the, uh, I can't even remember the names, the who's Hiddle has a, and the, yeah, right. the, the, the great Claudio big Snooks. electro who cardio mm. flux. <laughs> yeah. That's, I need one of those. That was, that sounds looks fun. Um, just all the different things that, and the roast beast, yeah. you know, and they're carving roast, the roast beast. beast. Uh, whenever I make roast beef, that is what it is. It is roast beast. It is not roast beef. <laughs> yeah. 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 Roast beast. Uh, yeah. So it's, uh, it, it's great. And, uh, you know, and it's, it's fun it, watching just like, uh, Christmas Carol watching how rotten he is throughout the whole thing makes the ending where he turns good. Just so sweet. It's the, yes. It's, it's so great much to better. see the redemption. Changed by Cindy Lou who, uh, I want to mention two more things. Uh, one is this kind of in a special category cause I've never seen it in entire, its entirety. I've only ever seen one scene from it on YouTube called Mr. Kruger's Christmas, starring yes. Jimmy Stewart, Stewart in his other Christmas movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was a made-for-TV movie that aired, uh, aired on NBC in 1980, made by the Mormons, the Church yep. of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And um, he plays a widowed apartment janitor who lives in a basement flat with his cat, George. And on a cold Christmas Eve, he daydreams to escape his lonely life. He muses about being a man of culture and means an ice dance at Temple Square, a sleigh ride, as well as the conductor of the Mormon Tabernacle Choir, and then imagines himself in the stable with Mary, Joseph, and the infant Jesus. And I've seen the scene where he's in that stable and pours out his heart to the baby Jesus. And I've heard it said, and who knows if it's an urban legend or not, that Jimmy Stewart, like, he he, he was speaking from the heart, not just from the script. Like, that, mm. this, that it was an incredibly moving moment for him in doing this. And when you see it, and, you, if, you know, if you're on Catholic social media at all over the next few weeks, you'll probably will see it uh, somewhere. Someone will share it. Uh, it. It's an incredibly moving performance. And so I just, I needed to mention that, uh, that one. Have any, have any of you seen this movie? Yes, okay. I have. I have a friend. I have a friend who's a Latter-day Saint. So she got me to see this maybe about 20 years ago uh-huh. and it's, it's so different. Yeah. But it, but it's, it's uh, number one, it, it's like no other Christmas special I had, I had seen. And I, in fact, I'm surprised I didn't bring it up because <laughs> I well no, because it's yeah. just a different, t- it's more of a modern take on, on the loneliness that happens at this time of year for people. Right. Right. You know, and how they go back in their memory and try to remember, you know, what life has been and, you know, what life could have been. So it's very interesting. It's a good reminder, uh, too, of that there are a lot of people out there who, you know, they seem like old curmudgeons who just want to be left alone. Mm -hmm. But, you know, that they have hopes and dreams and that they were hopeful people once, just like Christmas Carol tells us, you know, Mm -hmm. about, about Ebenezer Scrooge. So um, I, I've only ever seen that one scene. So I didn't know whether, you know, what the rest of the movie was like. 
Uh, and of course, my honorable mention, Mike, of course, the Star Wars Holiday Special. Oh, I... <laughs> oh. <laughs> Which uh, has its own sort of campy appeal. Uh, I don't watch <laughs> it very often. It's hard to watch sometimes, but uh, there's a... Uh, of course, it's not about Christmas. It's about a made up. I mean, they don't have Christmas. They don't celebrate Christmas in the galaxy far, far away a long, long time ago. Uh, but in of course, they have... Uh, a Wookiee holiday called Life Day. Um, I actually have a Life Day shirt, which is uh, has, <laughs> has uh, Chewbacca and all his family on it. In it's like a one of those '80s portraits where they're all facing in different directions, and they're it's a composite, it's a collage of their heads, you know, of, of photos. Um, anyway, uh, Lumpy, I you know, Lumpy's my spirit animal, um, <laughs> but it's just it's funny. It's it's uh, funny to watch now. It's cre- it was when you were. Uh, you know, a nine-year-old who had just seen Star Wars and was blown away by it, and the, the mm. star there was only one Star Wars at the time, and you were just craving anything Star Wars at that point. Any new Star Wars was like yes, because uh, the Empire Strikes Back was still two years away, and then you got this on TV. It was horrifying. <laughs> we tell you, <laughs> it was like, oh yes, it's Han Solo and Luke and Leia, and Chewbacca. What are they doing? Like, wh- and why is Maud there? <laughs> and why are the stormtroopers so dancing? And oh my gosh! <laughs> but it's yeah. so cool to see him and yeah. hear him anyway. And, and Art Carney is an Imperial officer. <laughs> <laughs> that had to be ABC. Uh, yeah. If it was right? if yeah. it was Maud and yeah, no, that's was, CBS. Maud uh, was CBS. I'm trying to see. It doesn't say where it aired. I was looking for it. Um, now it's it's you can find it in its entirety on uh, YouTube if you dare. Uh, let me see here. But that was one of the things about Christmas special. It was on CBS, Be- by the way. Yeah, you're right. Because yeah. the stations would the three big three would compete with each other right. to see who they would get. You know, the best people to do the Christmas specials. So right. that was a big thing. Well, and that's the big thing. The, one of the reasons these specials came about is, is you had the regular series throughout the season, mm-hmm. but December they would take a break. There'd be this, mm-hmm. they would, the, the the whole season of 26 episodes would be split in half. There'd be 13 in the fall, 13 in the spring. And you'd have this month or so of December because they figured people were too busy to be watching TV and keeping up with their shows. And then they would do these specials instead and reruns right. and specials instead. And that's, yeah, December would be, every night would mm-hmm. be a different special on a different, one of the three channels because that's all there were <laughs> you know uh, pbs if you mm-hmm. count pbs too uh but yeah i mean these they were out there and uh anyway i wanted to mention the the, the star wars yeah. holiday special because that's on brand for me well that still happens today with call the midwife yeah. they have their christmas special and thank you jesus they show it in america on christmas day not oh, nice. unlike downton abbey who would not show it on you know in america on christmas day and you had to kind of get on a live feed from London <laughs> to watch it on Christmas night like I did. And then the third season, they they blew my mind by killing off Matthew oh my on gosh. Christmas for the Christmas special. Wow. They killed him off. Spoilers. I was like, Julian Fellows, what are you doing? What are you thinking? <laughs> and then this, my, my um, honorable mention for this year, Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist. They did their final show for as a Christmas one. And I'll oh. tell you, cry, I cried because so, they series wound, finale, series finale. Okay. But it was all on Christmas. OK. And if you know anything about Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist, she has some kind of a they have an earthquake during while well, she's having an MRI and she can hear people's heart song. It's one of the few shows on television that you wanted to set to music that actually worked. Okay. I mean, it, it made sense in, in, they didn't just throw songs in like, you know, cop rock. Right. Used to do. <laughs> um, wow. That's a throwback. <laughs> there's a throwback. Look that up kids. <laughs> but this one tied it up really well. And I, I, I cried. Nice. It, it was, nice. it was a really heartfelt ending. I mean, I suppose I, like I, we, we could have talked about the Doctor Who Christmas specials, but we talk about those on <laughs> Secrets of Doctor Who. So yes. uh, yeah, we'll leave that for that. Um, but uh, I will yeah. mention, and I know this is breaking the rules because it is a movie, but you brought up um, Jimmy Stewart and he did another uh, little known Christmas uh, movie called Shop Around the Corner. Uh, oh, and uh, yeah. it was it was uh, the You Got Mail was based off. It was like a remake. 
um, but it's great. The um, don't remember his name, but the wizard from Wizard of Oz uh, is a prominent role in the story, and it's just a great little story. It, it takes place in Hungary, um, uh-huh. like mid mid to early twentieth century Hungary, and they they are in this cute, this really neat little shop that just is like a a miniature like early oh. Sears or something, you know, with all these little boutique things inside. And he's a salesman there, and this girl that he starts writing to becomes a sales girl and it's just it's really cute it's really got a neat story um and it's definitely christmasy because it's all set in christmas. It, it ends on christmas with them all you know um leaving uh going home for christmas so it's it's kind of neat I, I think that got mentioned in our uh, christmas movie special i will yeah. i will um include a link to that episode by the way in our show notes so uh so you, if you haven't heard our discussion of Christmas movies a few years ago. Yeah, yeah, that's well, good. and that and that shop around the corner was also the basis for the musical She Loves Me. Oh, really? Okay. Which it, Sheldon Harnick and um, oh, forget the other famous uh, lyricist. Um, they that's that whole, and they just did a remake of it with um, Laura Benetti and um, Zachary Levi. Oh, wow! On and Jane Kretzkowski on uh, Broadway. It, cool. it it yeah so when he said that it, it, around a shop on christmas i said oh yeah that she loves me <laughs> nice nice all right i i think that should do it for us for this time that's been a great discussion with you guys thank you so much i i'm feeling the holiday spirit the the christmas spirit is upon me i will not be visited by three ghosts tonight yeah uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and uh, so uh i do want to uh, before we go take a moment to thank our patrons who make it possible for us to create the secrets of movies and tv shows including john l emily s les r paul l and yvonne r their generous donations at sqpn.com slash give make it possible for us to continue the secrets of movies and tv shows and all the shows at starquest you can join them by visiting sqpn.com slash give uh, folks, I want to first thank the panel. Thank you so much for your uh, contributions. And I want to thank the listeners. Uh, this has been a great year for StarQuest. And for me, uh, I've enjoyed so much creating these programs for you. And uh, uh, Christmas comes around and uh, I feel that all the warmth of humanity in my heart for all of you as we talked about in this show. So thank you all so much. Uh, so we'd love to hear from you what you think of our discussion of christmas tv specials there's one that was your favorite that we missed you can let us know by commenting on the show at sqpn.com secrets or the starquest facebook page or send an email to secrets at sqpn.com until next time mike dens thank you for joining me and sharing the secrets of christmas tv specials it was awesome merry christmas everybody Joanne Mercier, thank you as well. Thanks, Tom, and God bless us, everyone. (laughs) And thank you also to Thomas Salerno. Thanks so much, everyone. Had a great time, and Merry Christmas. And once again, I'm Dom Bettinelli. Thank you for listening to the Secrets of Movies and TV shows on StarQuest, and Merry Christmas, everyone. Hi, everyone. This is Dom Bettinelli, CEO of StarQuest, with a special message as we approach the Christmas season. This past year, the StarQuest Network has continued to expand our mission of exploring the intersection of faith and pop culture through our many entertaining and informative programs. Now we need your generous financial support to reach new audiences with more of the life-changing and uplifting programming we've been creating for more than a decade. That's why it's very important that we hear from you this Advent and Christmas, the time when nonprofits receive most of their support for the year. If you are already a supporter of StarQuest, we thank you and ask you to prayerfully consider increasing your support at this time. If you're not yet a supporter, please become one now. Every gift counts. Could you give $15 or even just $10 per month? Whatever level of support you can offer, please show your support for SQPN this Christmas. And remember that your gifts may be tax deductible. Just go to sqpn.com slash give. That's sqpn.com slash give. May God bless you this Advent, and may you have a blessed Christmas season.